Well, this morning is a special day for a couple reasons. Uh, this morning we're going to be talking about uh, some, some major ministry upgrades and uh, introducing you to some new things that we're going to be doing here at the church and really celebrating what God has done over the course of the last several years. But it's also a special day because today we're going to uh, introduce you to some new covenant partners. So those of you that are joining our church uh, through covenant partnership today, would you just come on up uh, to the platform? And I want you to, to face me. Um, and then we'll have you face the congregation and introduce you. Uh, while they're coming up, let me just briefly explain to you what Covenant Partnership is. Um, we, we don't call it membership here. Yep, come on up to the platform and like face me. So right here on our little extension. Excellent. Kirk is not here. He was here. Oh, yes. Okay. Very good. We're, we have one person missing in action, but we'll make sure that he gets his, his beautiful certificate that we've prepared for him. Uh, so covenant partnership is um, a really important step in the life of the church. It's, uh, a lot of churches call it membership, and we call it covenant partnership because uh, we feel like that uh, being a member of a church is really about a lot more than just being able to vote on the annual meeting. And it uh, it's really is a partnership for the gospel in the city that we do ministry and in the world that we're trying to reach uh, for the gospel. And so I'm so excited that all of you today have decided to join us in Covenant Partnership. It's a way of you saying you've been a part of the life of our church for a while. Uh, you like what you see. You want to align yourselves uh, with our ministry structure, our mission, and uh, begin to partner with us to do the work of ministry in Fort Collins and around the world. So uh, when I look at all of you, I don't see, oh, new voting members. Uh, what I see is huge potential uh, for a difference in the kingdom of God as we go about ministry. And I'm really excited to see what God is going to do, uh, not only in you as you participate in the life of the church. Uh, we hope that you'll find great benefit as being uh, a part of this church and calling this church home. Uh, but I also see great potential of what God can do through you, that each and every one of you bring tremendous gifts and talents uh, to our community. And uh, it is our intention as covenant partners to, to use you <laughs> to, to uh, unleash God's potential uh, in you, that you can experience uh, his love and grace as you work in ministry uh, through this local church. So uh, I want to... Um, welcome you. I want to say a word of prayer for you. Uh, then I'm going to give each of you a certificate. And then I want, to, uh, I want you to turn around. And what I want you guys to do is I want you to go absolutely ballistic with celebration, welcoming them into the life of our church. Okay, like, like the Broncos just won the Super Bowl. Uh, let's see if we can knock the roof off of this place because we need a new one anyway. And we could make an insurance claim. Like, let's do our best. It would be awesome. Okay. So let me say a word of prayer for you. Uh, then you'll turn around right after the prayer. We'll celebrate. And then actually I want to give you the certificates as you're facing the congregations so they can put a face to a name. All right? All right, Lord, thank you so much uh, for your goodness to us, for your grace in our lives. And, and thank you, Lord, for these that are here today that have decided to join uh, this church home and this church community and call it their home and uh, join as covenant partners. Heavenly Father, we are so excited uh, about not only the work that you're going to do in them, but the work that you're going to do through them. And uh, God, this, there is tremendous potential uh, on this platform right now of, of ministry and what you desire to do. And so, God, I pray that uh, as they go about life in this church, that they, would be, um, that they would hear from you regularly, that this would be a place where they can come to be encouraged and built up. And this would be a place where they can find um, authentic relationships and people to really live life with. Uh, but, God, I also pray that it would be a place where you might use them mightily uh, and that you would... Um, that you would call out their gifts, that you would bring out their calling and what, you've want, what you want them to do in their life and uh, just unleash them for ministry. And God, as their pastor, help me to recognize their giftings, help me to align them in ministry properly uh, for the greatest potential. And uh, God, we uh, just celebrate uh, that your kingdom will, will expand and will grow as a result of them making this commitment today. Uh, so, Lord, we, we, we praise you with full hearts, and we give you thanks. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Why don't you turn around and introduce yourself? That was pretty good. That was pretty good. Do you guys feel welcomed? Absolutely. Okay, good. Good. That's what we want. That's what we want. Well, I, I, I got my, I didn't tell you to come here in any particular order, so I've got my, and, and you came in the exact opposite order of my papers, so we'll start at the bottom here. This is, this is Tyler and Lauren Zetek. Let's give them a hand. Welcome to Covenant Partnership. 
And uh, standing in this space right here is Kirk Van Cole and, uh, <laughs> and his wife, Crystal. All right. And this is Jeff. This is Jeff and Elaine Crowder. Welcome, guys. Thank you so much for being Covenant Partnerships. Uh, joining in Covenant Partnership, you may be seated. All right. Well, as I mentioned, this morning is a little bit different in that uh, it's not a traditional sermon, but rather I want to uh, give you a little bit of uh, the heartbeat of the church and uh, what we're doing and what we're all about as a church and kind of give you, um, take some time to not only celebrate where uh, we have been and where God has taken us over the last several years, but also uh, begin to seek the Lord's direction on where he would take us from here. Um, if, you're, if you're not aware, uh, Emmaus Road is now about, uh, well, not about, it's, we're five years old now, and uh, I have been here, uh, I'm now in my seventh year. And uh, a lot of times when I tell people that, they have a hard time doing the math. Well, how, how could you be here seven years and Emmaus Road has only been here five years? Uh, when I came here, um, I came as a transitional pastor to begin to, to restart and sort of revision the church. And God has been so good to us over the last several years. And uh, we're just really excited about what God is, is doing. And uh, I want to uh, give you just a, a clue or a hint of, of where he is taking us uh, from here. And so... Uh, I think um, this is going to be uh, it's going to be a little bit different, but I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And especially, th- this is a great Sunday for you to be here because if you call this church home, uh, your church home, uh, you'll want to know a lot of this information, and you'll want to you've been invested with us for uh, for however long you've been here, and you want to see where God is taking us. If this is your very first time at Emmaus Road, this is a great Sunday to come because you're going to get what we're about and you're going to get our mission statement and you're going to have uh, all the, the information that you need uh, to know whether you should decide if this is your church home or not. And so what I wanted to do today uh, is essentially uh, let you know kind of where God has taken us and where uh, we're going to go from here. And uh, we'll see if my technology works here. But uh, here's what we've been up to over the last uh, several years. Um, we have this thing that we do on Sunday mornings. And uh, a lot of times you don't think of Sunday morning as being a ministry of the church. It's just kind of like what church does. But in fact, it is a major part of what we do as a church. And a lot of times this is the first uh, touch, so to speak, that people get to Emmaus Road, the first exposure. They don't go to a life group. They don't serve at an impact event. Uh, They don't come to a barbecue, although sometimes they do. But largely, uh, the first time that people come into contact with Emmaus Road is through Sunday morning. And so we really do our best on Sunday mornings to create an environment where people can explore faith, where people of faith can be challenged in their faith uh, and can grow. Uh, And it really is our singular goal on Sunday morning to point you to Christ. Because we have a strong conviction that if we see who Christ is, we'll respond in worship. And so my goal as a preacher is to present to you the Word of God every single week and begin to to present it in a way that is relevant to your lives so that if you're here and you just are like sort of familiar with the church thing and you've got a lot of questions or maybe you have a lot of doubts, that you're going to find something in the message that's going to speak to you, going to challenge you, going to spur you on. And then on the same way, if you've been following Christ for years and years and years, my hope and my goal every single Sunday is to point you to Christ that you would fall more and more in love with him. And when we fall in love with Christ, however that plays out in our life, that is called worship. In other words, worship isn't something that we do on Sunday mornings. It isn't something that ends when the music stops. Worship is a lifestyle. And to tell you the truth, we think we do a pretty good job of this on Sunday mornings. Uh, We've had a lot of people say uh, that this was a place where they felt comfortable bringing their friends who were exploring faith or anti-faith or atheists and all these kinds of different things. And so uh, we feel like we do a pretty good job of, of Sunday mornings. Another thing that we've been up to is life groups. Uh, we have focused on connection and discipleship, and we've been really pleased with how life groups have gone since we launched them a few years ago. And uh, great friendships have formed. People have grown in their faith. When we talk about connection and discipleship, uh, people have been connected and gotten connected, and they've been discipled. Now, all of you are looking at me funny, and probably because the people that are in the picture are like, he didn't tell me <laughs> that he was going to put a picture of me up on the screen on Sunday morning. But 
There you have it. And uh, those of you that are in this picture are actually going to appear quite a few more times. So prepare yourself to see yourself again. The other thing that we've been up to is uh, our impact ministry. And, you know, it, we, what we try to do as a church is, is we really try to show God's love in practical ways. We feel like the love of God is best when it's not only proclaimed, but when it's demonstrated. In, in other words, it would make no sense for us to say to someone who is hungry or thirsty, God bless you, and not give them food or drink. And so it, you, you must proclaim the love of God, yes, but you must go a step further than that and demonstrate the love of God. And that's all, that's all about, uh, or that's what our impact ministry is all about. Going and showing love to our community. Reaching out uh, to those who uh, need a helping hand and need to be shown the love and the grace of God. This picture is actually from one of our events that we started right in this house called Renee's Hope. And we've partnered with a number of organizations in our community uh, to reach out to the homeless community uh, and give them a warm meal, but more than that, give them clothes that they may need, uh, give them toiletries that they may need. And, and why do we do that? So that we can, uh, so that we can just give them that, so we can feel good about ourselves every once in a while. No, we give them those things with the prayer and the hope that maybe the clothes that they get at a Renee's Hope will make, make them feel dignified enough that they'll be able to go to a job interview and look presentable and, and be hired. And get a job and end the cycle of hopeless in the cycle of homelessness in their life. And so we do all of these things, not so that we can feel good about ourselves, but to demonstrate the love of God and hopefully uh, end a cycle of homelessness in their life. We also do Advent Conspiracy as part of our um, impact ministry. And this past Christmas, you all were, were very generous, gave over $4,000, which this fall will build 10 wells in Africa and change the lives of hundreds of people who had, didn't have a source of clean drinking water. Uh, and it will change their life forever because these shallow water wells that are built uh, are, are highly functioning and they're functioning for a long term. The organization that we go through to build these wells has literally built thousands of these wells since the 1990s and over 90% of them are still functioning. So when you give to Advent Conspiracy and when you do Christmas differently and, and because we just do Christmas with give a little few, uh, just a few less gifts to one another and respond in generosity... People's lives are changed around the world. And that's why this ministry is not just a local ministry in Fort Collins. It's a global ministry of us proclaiming the goodness of God. So I just want to take this time, a few, you know, one second to say thank you so much for being a generous community. I am proud to be your pastor and so thankful uh, that you all are generous. Isn't this a great picture? Uh, our eKids ministry is also what, we, what we've been up to. Uh, we launched our eKids uh, a couple of years ago, and we're seeing growth in this ministry. Uh, we're, we're really excited about where God is taking eKids. And uh, right now we have two classrooms. We have our Pioneers, uh, which is our nursery classroom, and then we have our Explorers classroom. And uh, in a few moments I'll tell you kind of where we're headed and what are some goals uh, related to eKids. And uh, then we've also uh, been up to our, we started an, an Emmaus student ministry, or ESM. Uh, and uh, this is a couple of our students that are, are serving at a Renee's Hope event. And uh, we love our teenagers. And uh, we are really looking forward to uh, what God is going to do in our student ministry uh, as well. And so this is, this is what we've been up to. Sunday mornings, life groups, impact, e-kids, and ESM. And uh, these things have worked really well. Uh, they've taken us a, a long way in the life of this church. And in fact, let me give you just some, some numbers uh, since our, we launched, so since we launched Emmaus Road five years ago, uh, on Easter Sunday in 2008, uh, we have come a long way, and God has really done a lot. Um, we've had 31 decisions for Christ. We have had, uh, we've done 16 baptisms, and I love how we do baptisms in this church. It is not like quiet golf clap. We're so glad your life has been changed for the gospel of Jesus. But we go absolutely ballistic, and... Uh, it's even more um, loud and, and raucous than when we accept people into covenant partnerships. So uh, baptisms are a lot of fun. So we've done 16 of those since we launched. Our first service in 2008, uh, this, was not our launch, this was not our launch service, but this was the very first Sunday that we, our doors were open and we were operating as Emmaus Road. We had 33 people in attendance, which is like there, like that group. 
Okay, so you got you are on the launch team. Okay, uh, but uh, last month uh, of this year, uh, our average was was ninety two, and so in the course of, of five years, we've almost tripled in size, and so God has done a lot, and we're really thankful for what He's doing, and uh, really thankful for where He's He's taking us. But you know, it's not just about the people that have made first time decisions for Christ. It's not just about the people that have been been baptized. Uh, because there's a lot of people that have come to our church that already knew Christ and had already been baptized, and yet their lives are being impacted and changed through this ministry. Let me share just a, a few things with you of, of testimonies that of people have shared with us. Uh, this one uh, is, is uh, from a young lady. She says, this is the first church that I've been able to call home after six years of, of drifting and sporadic attendance after my family stopped attending church when I was in middle school. And... Uh, the next person says, I brought my friend and her daughter to, to church this Sunday, and they haven't been to church for a long time. But praise God, the sermon and the service fit exactly and perfectly for my friends' lives, and I'm so excited to see what Christ will do and the work of healing that is going to happen within them and their broken spirit. And then this one um, comes from a first-time guest. Says today, they, they said this, today's service touched me. This was the first time going to church and going to this church, and the approach was appealing. It kept me interested with every word, and I started crying at one point because of the words of wisdom that were being shared were exactly what I needed to hear. And I had one of your church members, that's one of you, to a first-time guest, embrace me and show me the way by bringing me to this church. Thank you so much for your touching words of wisdom. And here comes another one. Personally, I've been challenged in the best way through Many a message. The Lord is at work in every series. And there's a lot of church fluff out there. But I'm thankful that, to not have to muddle through that. So I'm thankful for the depth and the richness of this church that has strengthened my faith. Isn't that good? I mean, God is good and he is at work in this community and in this church. And we are so thankful for what God has done over the last five years. And it would be really easy for us to just kind of coast in and say, you know what, we've got this thing figured out. We've got a really good ministry structure. And sure, there's some holes here and there, and there's no perfect church. But God is at work, and God's doing really good things. And so we're just going to coast on in and just begin to relax. But we're not going to do that. In fact, the purpose of today is, is to tell you all the ways in which the leadership has been, been working through those things that we know aren't perfect and how can we improve them and, and how can we continue pushing forward. And, and I'll tell you what, I believe that the best is yet to come. Do you believe that? Amen. Amen. The best is yet to come in what God wants to do in this church. We've had a great five years, uh, but we're going to have an even better five years after that and five years after that. And so we're so excited about what God has done. And, uh, you know, over the last five years, we've really learned a lot. Uh, if you know my leadership style, my leadership style is always, what did we learn? And, and if you have a new idea, let's try it. And if it doesn't work, it didn't work. And then we know we shouldn't do that anymore. Okay? And probably some of you have experienced some of those things where we learned we shouldn't do that anymore. That did not go very well. Uh, but my leadership style is all about let's try it, let's see how it works, and uh, so we, we try a lot of things, and I want to tell you today what we've learned, and I'm really excited to announce some changes, some improvements, some additions uh, to our ministry. And so today I want to introduce to you Emmaus 3.0, 3.0. So for those of you that are technology geeks like me, uh, you, you know that when programs, apps, like we call them nowadays, apps, when, when they have updates, uh, they always have a number attached to them. Now, you, know, you probably don't know this if you're just, you know, clicking the update thing on your iPhone. And, but every version of a new software, every major version uh, goes, if it goes from a 2.0 to a 3.0, it's a major upgrade. If it goes from a 2.0 to a 2.1, they fixed a problem, okay? And, and we've had, and, and we introduced Emmaus Road 2.0 on 10.10.10. So about three, so, you know, two and a half years ago, we introduced Emmaus Road 2.0. And we've made lots of 2.x upgrades since then. Uh, but today I want to introduce to you Emmaus Road 3.0, uh, the next major upgrade of ministry. But before we get into the changes, I want to remind you of some foundational things, all right? Is this fun? <laughs> Are you glad you came to church today? I'm glad I came to church today. 
It's good to be with you guys. All right. Well, I, I want to remind you of some foundational things. Mission, our code, and our core values. Uh, the mission of every church is really given in Scripture. Okay? We're not here to reinvent the wheel, or we're not here to say, Lord, what, what have you called us to do? Because really, the, the, the Bible tells us what we are to do in Matthew chapter 28. It says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. Uh, so the church is really to be about making disciples. In, in other words, w- there's a twofold prong to the purpose of the church. At one point, we are trying to reach people, make new disciples. But at the same time, we are trying to become a people. So as we're trying to reach people and bring them into the kingdom of God, at the very same time, we're trying to become a people. We're trying to grow into the kingdom of God, the people of God that he calls us to be. And so it's, it's go and make disciples, reach new people. And once you have reached them, once they have made a decision for Christ, grow them up in the faith. And so if you're here today, we're seeking to grow you up in the faith. Well, I've been following Jesus for 35 years, and I know everything about Jesus. Well, we're trying to help you grow in your faith, because guess what? The other day, my four-year-old said, Jesus was born in Bethlehem. He died on the cross for our sins, and he rose again on Easter. She looked at me with a big old smile on her face. She said, I know everything about Jesus. And some of you may feel the same way. You're like, I've been doing this Jesus thing forever. Man, you could not preach a sermon that I have not heard before. But guess what? The Holy Spirit wants to work in your life, and he wants to grow your faith. And that's the point of the church, is to reach people and then become a people. That's the mission of every church. But the question is, what is a disciple? Because it's really easy to make church about a lot of other things other than making disciples. It's really easy to get distracted. It's really easy to make church about the building. And thank the Lord we're not making this church about this building. And did I say that out loud? Was that into the microphone? It's really easy to make church all... I got some haters over here. Which, can I, t- can I let you in on a secret? Church, I've done two weddings this weekend. I'm doing another one on Thursday. Alan and Olivia Elder, part of our congregation, got married on Friday. And then, yeah, whoop, whoop for Alan and Olivia. And then yesterday, another couple from our community, Sean and Amanda, got married. Whoop, whoop for Sean and Amanda. Those of you that don't know, Sean is my first cousin. So all of those people are my family. Yeah, like, yeah. There's like six people over there that aren't part of my clan. So, so forgive them and give me grace and don't blame, don't look down on me because of them. Okay. It's easy to make church all about the money. It's really easy to make church about the music. The music was too loud. I didn't like the style. I wish we sang more contemporary songs. I wish we did a song that went whoop, whoop. And I wish we song, did a song that was like more, you know, traditional. And it's really easy to make church about a lot of different things. But the scripture is clear. The church is to be about disciples. The question, though, is what, did the, what does a disciple really look like? What does a disciple really look like? Now, again, you know, we can get caught up in all kinds of different things. And you know, some of the key questions that we're asking in our culture now are, uh, is a disciple someone that only votes Republican? Is that what a disciple of Jesus Christ really looks like? I'm not making any political statements at all. Don't misunderstand me. I'm just saying, is a disciple of Jesus someone that only listens to Caleb? And let me tell you, if you make it through the pledge drive of Caleb, you have got discipleship nailed. I'm just telling you, like, if you can make it through the pledge drive of Caleb, you need to be preaching every Sunday because that is amazing, okay? All right. You know, the other question is, and this is a, this is a critical question that we got to ask, is, you know, does a, is, does a disciple wear deep V-necks? Is that really what a disciple is all about? For the guys, you know, I'm looking around, I'm seeing some deep V-necks. I might unbutton, too, just, you know, just so I could be a disciple. 
Now, I'm going to pick on the ladies, too, because I can't just pick on the guys about the V-necks. Is it, you know, guys, guys, can you determine if a young female is marriage material in a true disciple of Christ if she wears an infinity scarf? <laughs> because we have got to nail down as the church what is discipleship all about. And so I'm just trying to help you out. If you know a young lady that listens to K-Love, votes Republican, and wears an infinity scarf, don't let her go. All right? Hold on to that one real tight. Because then you know that's what a real disciple is. All right. <laughs> I should have worn, I don't have any deep V-necks. I should have worn one. Because when you wear a deep V-neck, you got that little, that little Tom Selleck chest hair coming out. <laughs> and the girls are like, mm, you know. We believe that a balanced life of discipleship is not about really any of those things. But it's about sharing Christ, right? If the balanced life of a disciple is the understanding that the gospel is not something that is given to us to hoard and keep to ourselves, right? The great love and grace and mercy of the Savior on your behalf and in your life is not something that you just allow to come to you. But a true disciple will understand that the grace and the mercy and the love of God is something that you allow to pass through you. We are not to keep it to ourselves. So we share Christ. We grow in our faith. This discipleship is in someone who really wants to take faith seriously. Is someone who will desire to grow closer and closer to God. If you have come to a place in your life with Christ where you just come to church because that's what you've always done. And it's just a habit. And you wouldn't even know what else to do with yourself if you didn't go to church on Sunday morning. Then you have lost the true meaning of discipleship. But rather, do you come to church hungry to hear a word from God? Because I don't care how good the preaching is, and it's pretty good, and I don't care how bad the preaching is, and sometimes it's pretty bad. But if you will come hungry for God, the Holy Spirit will speak to you through the message. And so a disciple is someone that knows the love of God is not just coming to me, it's going through me. And it's someone who recognizes that I want to hunger for more and more of God. I want to grow in my faith. And then it's someone who recognizes the importance of serving. Because as we look at the life of Jesus, Jesus was continually giving himself away for the benefit of other people. And so if we are to take on this Christ-likeness that Scripture calls us to, we also must give our lives away. I see too many Christians that want to hoard the love of God and not share it. I see too many Christians that don't want to grow in their faith. They want a Savior, but not a Lord. They want to, be, they want to get into heaven when they die, but they don't want to allow Jesus to, to be the king and the ruler of their life. And I see too many Christians who want to just sit back And soak it all in and let other people serve them without entering into service themselves. We believe that a fully formed disciple and a balanced life of discipleship has nothing to do about v-necks and infinity scarves or radio stations or even political statements. Guess what? There are Christians who are Democrats, okay? But it is sharing Christ, growing in faith, and serving. Therefore, our mission is to help us do these things. Our mission as a church is to present Christ as Savior, pursue Christ as King, and partner with Christ in service. We want to present him to you. We want you to allow to grow in faith. And then we want to give you opportunity and structure for you to give your life away, both in service to the church in this community, but also in service to the greater community of Fort Collins through our, missions, through our impact ministry. But 
You know, a lot of people in leadership courses and then the church, they say, oh, man, you got to have a mission statement. You got to know why you're here and all this kind of stuff. And so churches get together and they spend about, you know, 12 minutes coming up with a with a, a mission statement. And then they then they print it in their bulletin every week and they put a banner in the welcome center. And then that's it. And then it's over. And it has no impact at all on how they do ministry. Well, at this church, this mission statement drives drives everything that we do. If it doesn't help us do those three things, we don't do it. And that's not because we're cocky and that's not because we don't think there's lots of other great things that churches could do. It's just this is what God has called us us to do. These are the kinds of disciples that God has called us to make. Those who present Christ, pursue him, and those who give their lives away. That's what balanced discipleship looks like. That's the direction that the Lord has led us to. And so everything that we do helps us fulfill this mission. In fact, I want to I give you an idea of how that works in our church. Here's, our, here's how we play this out. Present Christ as Savior. We have Sunday morning. And like I already said, this is a ministry of the church. And when you come to Sunday morning, you're going to hear about Christ. I am not going to give you five principles on how to not cut uh, or not how to flip off the person that cut you off on College Avenue. Okay, I am not going to give you seven strategies to, um, you know, read your Bible every day. I'm going to point you to Christ and out of that morality will flow. And I'm going to give you some practical things and I'm going to give you some handles that you can grab and and some really uh, tangible things that you can go and do. But ultimately, those things always point us back to Christ, which is why at the end of every sermon, we come to the table. And we say, whatever this has been about so far, let's come back to the table and remind ourselves that it's about Christ, him crucified and resurrected. That's what it's about. So we present Christ as Savior. We have our Sunday morning. To pursue Christ as King, we have our life group structure. And we're going to tell you all about that today. And then to partner with Christ in service, we have our impact ministry. And then what we ask our age-level ministries to do, because some of you are like, that's not the whole church. It's not everything you do, because you just told us that you do E-Kids and ESM. We ask those ministries to fall into the same mission. In other words... As a parent and as a pastor of a four-year-old in this church, we're asking, what does it look like for for us to present Christ to a four-year-old? What does it look like for that that four-year-old to pursue Christ and the way of Christian living? And then what does it look like for that four-year-old to serve in this community in some way? And so we're trying to be really creative, and that's not all fully developed yet. But we believe strongly that our age-level ministries ought to fall into the general mission of the church. Because what I see happening too often, and I didn't bring my digital whiteboard or anything with me today, but I, I, I get the, a lot of times what I see happening in churches is the one-eared Mickey Mouse, which is the big circle is, is the big church. That's what you guys are in. Big church. And then the one-eared Mickey Mouse, like, sort of casually attached to the big church is all the age-level ministries. And, and they just kind of have, they have their own mission and they just do their own thing and all of that. Yes, we have to be age-appropriate, but can we integrate the age-appropriate age-level ministries into the overall life of the church so that they grow up in E-Kids, presenting, pursuing, and partnering. Then they enter ESM, presenting, pursuing, and partnering. And then they enter big church. And they look around, and it's not a foreign world. And it's not a foreign land. But in fact, we've been inviting them to participate all along. You know, we've been playing, uh, playing around with the idea of Family Sundays for our e-kids. And Family Sundays is a way for uh, every fifth Sunday, and, and we're, we're kind of rebooting this, but we're, we're every fifth Sunday where the kids would come up not to do special music, but to help lead us in worship. And then some of our older elementary kids would serve as greeters. Because how can... How can, they, how can they, as children, begin to offer their gifts and talents back to us as a community and serve? So that's, that's what we do. It's pretty simple, uh, but I think church ought to be simple. I think church can be too complicated sometimes, don't you? Good. <laughs> I think. 
I'm glad that one of you think, God, church ought to be simple. That's our mission. Here's our code. The code is descriptions of the kind of culture we're trying to set. I'll go through these quickly. Uh, We will take every opportunity to honor those around us. People matter to God, so they matter to us. In Scripture, I said I would go quickly. In Scripture, honor goes in every direction, right? So the Scripture talks about us honoring God, which is pretty obvious. But did you know the Bible also talks about God honoring you? And how the Bible tells us how we ought to honor one another. Honor goes in every direction in the scripture. And the kind of culture that we want to set as a church is that wherever you're at in ministry, we're honoring one another. We're honoring one another. We're going to dress for the wedding. Um, Yesterday, right before I went to perform Sean and Amanda's wedding, I had to go buy new dress socks. And I had a coupon for DSW Warehouse. The W stands for warehouse, but everybody says DSW Warehouse. And uh, I was dressed to the nines in a shoe store. And I was trying on, I actually was trying on shoes to wear um, for all of you on Sunday mornings, which meant I was, I was trying on flip-flops in my, in my suit because I needed some new Sunday shoes. <laughs> My feet, just like the nation of Israel from Egypt, have been liberated for the summer. So, <clears throat> and so I felt really awkward in DSW, dressed for a wedding when everybody else was in their Saturday clothes. And it's because I wasn't dressed for where I was at, I was dressed for where I was going. And we do the same thing here as a church. We're a church of about 100 people. But we're not dressed for a church of 100 people. We're dressed for a church of 200 or 300 people. We structure our ministries. We train our leaders. We do, we, on any given Sunday, we have about 15 kids and E-kids. And praise the Lord, because it used to be like five, right? So we're growing in that area. But we fully train our E-kids volunteers. We have an electronic check-in system. Is that because we can't keep track of 15 kids? No! It's because we're not dressed for a a ministry of 15 kids. We're dressed for a ministry of 150 kids. I thought for sure somebody would like go in there with an amen with that. But we dress for the wedding. We're a steak dinner, not a buffet. How many of you have ever had good food at a buffet? Be honest. Okay, three of you, see? How many of you have ever had really excellent food at a steakhouse? How many of you, given the choice, somebody was going to foot the bill between Sunny Lubick Steakhouse and Golden Corral, how many of you would choose Golden Corral? <laughs> That's a way of saying we're not trying to serve up everything possible as a church. We're trying to do what we do. Because Golden Corral is trying to do everything. And they're not doing much of anything very well. I hope, does anybody work at Golden Corral? (laughs) Is the owner of Golden Corral here? (laughs) Oh yeah, Golden Corral closed down in Fort Collins. That's right, so we're we're safe. But here's here's the deal. We we are singularly focused on our God-given mission, which means there are things that we don't and won't do because we believe that simplicity enables excellence. We believe that simplicity enables excellence. Some people will be like, yeah, man, when you're a grown-up church, when are you going to start doing that? And I just say, we're, we're not going to do it because we are singularly focused on our mission. No mining. We believe that all of Scripture is inspired. Therefore, we'll talk about all the Scripture, even the tough parts. Those of you that have been a part of this church for a while, you know that we do that. We're not a catering service. We're a distribution center. In other words, we will not cater to your personal preferences, but we will seek to share the gospel with our city and our world. When someone goes into a catering service, it's all about me. What do I want? What kind of color? All this, all this, all this. It's all about me. It's all about me. When people enter a distribution center, people are like, grab a vest, get to work. Like, we got, a, we got something we need to send out. And so we're not, we're not, which is why when I announced that we're making all these flooring changes, I said, I'm not going to announce the color of the carpet because who cares? Right? And if it really cares to you and you're, like, going to leave the church of the color of the carpet, you're treating church like a catering service, and, which means you're going to be really uncomfortable here because we're not a catering service. We're a distribution center. And so 
It's like everybody grab a hard hat and get to work because we have a message and we're trying to send it out. I know that's a little bit in your face, but that's all right. Number six, you will be raised up so that he will be raised up. Every leader in this church, including myself and all of our ministry leaders, is seeking to raise up other leaders so that each one of you can reach your God-given potential. That is our, our hope. We want leaders who raise up leaders because as you are raised up to reach your full potential, God is praised and raised up. It's a testament to who God is when all of us reach our God-given potential. So that's our code. Here's our core values. Core values are scriptural relevance, prayer. In other words, prayer is our first response, not a last resort. Discipleship, authentic relationships, lifestyle worship, stewardship, and practical outreach. Now I want to give you some updates on our ministry. Sunday morning will look a lot the same under Emmaus Road 3.0. The thing that we're going to try to add and begin to be more intentional about is just some creative elements. Uh, Those of you that were here on Easter Sunday, you will remember that we did a creative element right at the beginning where we eulogized death because we said the whole point of Easter was that death itself is dying. And so we wrote a eulogy for death as a creative element. We want to see more of those things happening. But largely, Sunday mornings will look exactly the same. E-Kids is really built on on three things, or four things. Safe, so we have child check-in, we have volunteer training. It's based on fun. In other words, we want your kids to come back, right? So we we, uh, teach them a Bible lesson through crafts and games and music and uh, a fun environment. And then we've got those two things we feel like we do pretty well. The other two legs that E-Kids stands on, we think there's some improvement here that we could be made, and we're going to try to do that under Emmaus Road 3.0, and that is parent support, not replacement, okay? Uh, We do not want to be a church where, where if you're a parent, you're sort of outsourcing the spiritual development of your child to the church, because guess what? We can't do that in one hour a week when you have them all the time, but we do want to support you, come alongside of you, and so it's really our heart uh, to see growth in this area by resourcing you as a family, uh, maybe on things about how to talk to your kids about God, right? Like when your five-year-old or six-year-old or three-year-old starts really asking big questions about who God is, we want to help resource you and how to talk to your kids about God, how to teach them about giving, other areas of discipleship. We want to be a support to you, but we cannot replace you, parents. Don't drop your kids off to the check-in table on Sunday morning and be like, there, I did my part. I hope they turn out all right. Okay? All we can do now is pray. Yes, pray for your kids, but there's a lot of other things you can do. And we want to help support you and teach you and and come alongside of you in that process. Uh, And then age appropriate. Um, it 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 is our first priority in eKids right now is to open up an elementary class. Uh, Right now, under the Explorers class, um, once they come out of the nursery, they're in the same class as our older elementary kids. And um, we have found that there's lots of benefits to that. We have found that the older elementary kids just totally eat that up and do a phenomenal job of, of coming alongside of the younger kids. And that is really neat to see. But they are ready uh, for material and teaching uh, that is is beyond what they're getting now. And so our first priority, parents, I want you to hear this. Our first priority is to open up a class for the elementary students, and we are working very hard on this. And some of you might be here, and maybe you're not a parent, maybe you are a parent, and you want to help with that. I can tell you the only barrier we face to opening that class is volunteers. So if you're here today, and that that pulls on your heart, and you desire to help us do that, the best way you can do it is to volunteer once or twice a month to help out back there. And that will, that will help us tremendously to do that because that's really the only barrier we face. In our student ministry, uh, we continue to learn a lot about youth ministry. Youth ministry in this church is brand new. And so we're, it's, we're taking a learn-as-we-go approach. And uh, it's, we're really making continual adjustments. A couple of adjustments that we're making now is uh, they used to meet on Thursday nights. And now we're meeting on Sunday nights for student ministry. The reason is because uh, in, in the old days, like when I was a teenager 100 years ago, the, the city and the culture used to honor Wednesday nights as church night. And that simply does not happen anymore. And so when we were looking at midweek, Wednesday, Thursday, that's when school, no one honors that as sort of church night anymore. And so we were having kids take away, taken away 
from our student ministry because they were going to uh, sports and schools activity, and we want them to be able to do that. So we're making the switch now to Sunday nights, uh, which we think will really open up a lot of possibilities because what are people doing on Sunday nights except for watching football, okay? And whatever else goes on on Sunday nights, which is nothing. So come to student ministry. It's awesome. Um, And we need volunteers there. We'd love to have your help. Also, we've moved to student-led groups. And uh, student-led groups are really great because they empower the students to lead the Bible studies, and it really makes it easy for them to invite their friends. And so we're taking our best students, discipling them, empowering them to lead groups, and then they're going to invite their friends. It's over. They're meeting at homes and at a time where everyone can make it. I mean, there are no barriers left to ESM just totally blowing up and being awesome, okay? And it already is awesome. We just want more people to experience the awesomeness. All right. ESM. Um, then I want to talk to you about life groups. Are we still having fun? Okay, good, good. I have 15 minutes left, and I only have 150 slides left, so we're going to be just fine. Pursue Crisis King is life groups. Why be in a life group? Hey, you're right. Sitting on the sideline is more fun, said no one ever. If you're not in a life group... You're sitting on the sidelines, okay? And it might be, you might have all kinds of excuses about, you know, they just don't have a group that fits me, or I've been a part of life groups forever, and they're all the same, or I don't know what it is. But if you're not in a life group, you're on the sideline, and you're not having near as much fun as the rest of us, and you're not connecting and growing in your faith and getting connected. So join a life group, and we're going to make some changes that I'm going to announce today uh, that will make it a lot easier easier. Here's what we've been doing. We've, we've had levels, two levels. Uh, level one was like anybody can come anytime and just come when you can, if you can. And then level two was like you sign up and then at the semester it's closed and, and no one else is welcome and get away from here. It's us four no more. We're level two group and all this kind of stuff. Okay. Uh, then we had semesters. We had three semesters in a, in a year and it was like a, you know, Groups would start, and then they would stop, and then, and then we'd kind of like gear up all again. We'd start some groups, and then 10 weeks later, they would end, and that's what we were doing. And then free market groups. Free market groups were, were based on season of life, common interests, similar needs, so that you could have a college group or an empty nest group or a parents group for season of life, or you could have a common interest based on a curriculum that people were interested in or an activity or hobby. And then a similar need, like maybe divorce recovery, addiction recovery, those kinds of things. And this is a great structure, and we feel really good about this. Um, but we, we, we've learned some things and so we're, that, that we're really stifling organic growth to our groups. And so uh, here's what we're going to do uh, to these things. First, let's talk about levels. Um, why we started levels is because we wanted to be really clear about the commitment level up front. So if it was level one, you could join it, fly in and out as you want, no big deal. If it was level two, we wanted you to kind of up the commitment and really make it a priority, be there every week. What happened is that was far more confusing than we thought. And so people would come to us and they'd say, hey, I want to join a life group. And I was like, well... First, we have our level one groups. And our level one groups, da, 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 da. And then we have our level two groups. By the time I got to level two, people had checked out. And they're like, I asked a really simple question. And apparently did not have a simple answer. And so I thank you, but no thank you. Uh, and, and so it was, just became really confusing. And uh, so um, here's what we're doing to life groups, or to levels. <laughs> That's like... That's like a little kid with a Mac that just has way too much time on his hands. Even though I don't have too much time on my hands, that was a lot of fun. We're burning levels up, okay? We're burning them up. Levels in life groups are going away. Now, all life groups, beginning in the next semester, so the summer semester, all life groups will be open by default which means anybody can join them. So what was happening is we had lots of new people coming to our church, and they're like, hey, I want to get involved, and, 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 uh, and, and I want to get plugged in. And so we had to say, sorry, young man in your 20s, the only level one group that's open for signups right now is Ladies Night Out. And he said, great. Yeah, and he was like... 
yoga class. Awesome, you know? And so, <laughs> it was a real barrier. It was a real barrier for people to be able to join a life group. Or we had to say, sorry, you've got to hang around eight weeks before our next semester starts. And so now, if you're in a life group, when you join a life group this summer, it's going to be open by default. So we want you to really be intentional about creating a culture that will welcome new people into your group. Some groups, though, that are really sensitive are going to be closed by default. In other words, um, like right now we have a group that is for those who have been victims of abuse of some kind in their life. This is not a group that just people are going to walk into that is meeting a very specific need that a very specific person will walk into. And so it's not sort of this open by default. By default, it's like if you have that very particular need, then we have a group that will meet that very particular meet, uh, need in your life and minister to you in that way. But groups are going to be open by default now. Uh, levels were more confusing than helpful. We're dropping them. Anybody can join any group, anytime, and you can sign up online. Boom! Yes! Is that a good change? Yes. All right. Now, next, semesters. We had three semesters a year, and they were really easy on-ramps. It was awesome. Three times a year, like, all you heard about was life groups, you know? And I'm, like, working life groups into the sermon, you know, like every other sentence. I'm, like, get in a life group, get in a life group, you know, like, but only three times a year. And so then the rest of the time, it was, like, what's a life group? And uh, so they were really great on-ramps. And they were meant to do that. But we also realized that they were really easy off-ramps. Like, we would say, if your group is going great, keep going. But 99% of the groups were like, it's the end of the semester, so we're done. And they were operating in 10 or 12-week cycles. Which meant, some people were saying to us, if I'm in a life group, I'm not going to open up. Because I've only got 10 weeks with these people. And, or I'm just not going to be in a life group at all because I've only got 10 weeks and, it, and I may not form that relationship. And so here's what we're doing to semesters. Uh, semesters now are going to be um, time for new groups to start. So our goal is when we start the summer semester, we would start with that many groups. And then the next semester, instead of all those groups going away and getting a whole new batch of groups, those groups just keep going and we add more groups. So if we have five groups in the summer, then at the next semester, all of a sudden we have maybe five more groups. And so we're not always trying to like, we get momentum and then we lose it. We get momentum and then we lose it. Now, we're, now it's just all momentum. Okay? So groups, this is a short, the short way to say this is groups are now continuous by default, okay? Now, that also means you do have the off-ramp, okay? If something goes weird, you know, in your life group, a relationship changes, your schedule changes, whatever, you can still get off at a semester, but they're going to be continuous by default. So, it's time for new groups to start. They're on-ramps for new people to join groups, new groups, so we still will emphasize them, and then... Uh, groups don't end at semesters, but they are continuous, all right? That's what we're doing to semesters. Next, free market groups. What happened is uh, we had a lot of life group leaders that often knew exactly what they wanted to do when they wanted to lead a life group. I want to lead a college group, season of life. I want to lead a disc golf group. Ha, huh, I did that. Common interest, right? And so people know exactly what they want to do. Season of life, common interest, or similar need. I want to lead a divorce recovery group. People had very particular passions. They knew what kind of group they wanted to lead, and they led it, and it, and it fall, fell into these three categories. But we were also having people that wanted to lead a life group that were like, hey, I want to lead a life group, but I don't want to pick out a curriculum from the millions of Christian curriculum out there, and I don't know exactly what I want to do. I just feel like maybe God is calling me to lead a life group. And so... We have these three things for people that have a particular passion, know what kind of group they want to lead, but we're also uh, starting more free market groups for people that maybe don't know exactly what kind of group they want to lead. And those are discussion groups where we'll provide you with discussion questions based on the previous week's message. And so in other words, it's just a time for you to dive into the sermon a little bit more. 
And, and you're going to be provided with the questions. All you got to do is, is lead a discussion. You don't have to work through a curriculum. You don't have to go out and, and do an activity if you don't want. It's, it's you just get together with a group of people and you have a discussion. Dinner groups. Real life is where discipleship happens. Right? It's, it's through relationship and honest conversation that connection and discipleship happen. And a lot of times that happens over food. And so you may just want to lead a dinner group. And that's, like, that's not like you have to make dinner every week. If you want to, you can. But you can just organize the group to bring dinner, potluck style, every week. And then you just get together and live life. Maybe it's four hours. Maybe it's two hours. Maybe it's one hour. You just get together. You have dinner once a week and enjoy life together. And then recreational groups. These are groups that you just want to go out and, and hang out with people. You're looking for people to hang out with. You start a recreational life group, and then you plan the activities, right? It's like, okay, all of us are going to go to New West Fest anyway. Let's get a group of people from Emmaus Road to go to New West Fest. Uh, summer is beautiful. Let's get a group of people to go to the park and just enjoy time together. Uh, you're going to go see Iron Man 3 this week anyway, so why not get a group of people to go see it, Okay. So that's, that's recreational groups. We think this is going to make it a lot easier uh, for people uh, to lead groups. So here's the changes to life groups. First, we're dropping levels. Groups are continuous. Semesters are now uh, uh, more of an on-ramp, not so much of an off-ramp. And then we have new kinds of free market groups. Pretty happy about those? Yeah. Those are life groups. Told you your picture would come up again. <laughs> okay. Partner with Christ in service, we have our impact ministry. And uh, again, Jesus was a servant. He loved those who no one else did. He came along those who were marginalized in the society. We want to do the same. We want to make an impact in our world and in our community. Uh, so our community focus is two causes, homelessness and trafficking. And uh, we're going to work really hard on, on continually giving you opportunities more and more. Uh, we've recently had a transition in our leadership and impact, and that's why you haven't heard a lot about the impact ministry recently. Uh, but it is really our heart to give you more and more opportunities uh, to, to address these two causes. And we, we adopt these causes because we want you to know that when you're a part of Emmaus Road, uh, part of the heart of our church is to address homelessness in our community. You may think, oh, it's a college town. It's a pretty affluent part of the world. Maybe homelessness isn't real. It is. It is right here in our own community. Trafficking is not just a problem around the world. It is happening right here in Fort Collins. So how can we help build awareness? How can we get involved in those two causes? So those are really our local uh, um, efforts for our impact ministry. Our global um, ministries are on one part focused around giving sacrificially through our denomination, which is Church of the Nazarene. I don't know if you know this, but the Church of the Nazarene does great mission work around the world. And as a denominational church, it is our privilege to participate in that by giving. Uh, a lot of people think that the denomination supports us. Nope, the other way around. We, the local churches, support the denomination. And so when, as you tithe to Emmaus Road, we tithe to the denomination, and a portion of that tithe goes to uh, work, mission work all around the world. $10,700 this last year is what we gave for world, world mission. For world mission. So this year, we gave $4,000 to build wells in Africa, and we gave $10,000 to world mission supporting missionaries through our denomination around the world. Now, World Evangelism Fund goes to the work of missionaries around the world. Now, we give above and beyond that for administration and kind of all kinds of boring things. Uh, but $14,000 this year we gave away to support the work of the gospel around the world. Okay? I mean, that's a great thing. So when you give to us you know that automatically you're supporting the work of missionaries around the world. Um, and then I want to give you some totals of what we've done since we've been participating in Advent Conspiracy as well. Because the other part of this, our global thing, is that thing we do every Christmas, Advent Conspiracy. In the last five Christmases, we have given $32,547 to Advent Conspiracy. That has built 90 wells. And when ev with every well that is built... We get a card back that says, here's, what was, here's where this well was built and how many people are in that community that now have clean water. And so we know 
that out of the $32,500 that you've given and the 90 wells that have been built, that has changed the lives of 10,743 people around the world. Ten times the size of this congregation over the last five years. Your giving matters, not only in what we're doing locally, but it matters in what we're doing globally in our impact ministry. Also, mission trip. And this time, in, now, those of you that were here on 10-10-10, I announced a mission trip. It was a partnership. Uh, not a lot of people signed up. This is an in-house mission trip. We're organizing it. We're going through our denomination, but you can expect more information about this. The mission trip will take place sometime a year from right now. And uh, the, the planning is already rolling. We're just not ready to announce the details, okay? So this is going to happen uh, unless God really closes a door. This is going to happen. This is something that is really close to our heart and that we want to do, all right? So this name says exactly what we are trying to do. We're trying to impact our community and the world through Christ-like service. I do have one more thing. You guys ready for one more thing? (laughs) Some of you are like, the Olive Garden breadsticks are getting cold. But it's all good. Hang with me. One more thing. This is the assimilation process in our church as it exists today. When you come as a first-time guest, we hope that you'll come to a newcomer's luncheon, which isn't every, but every six weeks. So it's possible that you're a first-time guest today. If we had a newcomer's luncheon last week, it will be another six weeks before you can go to a newcomer's luncheon. But let's say that you do. Then you attend regularly. Then we encourage you to join a life group. But under our current life group structure, it was, remember, only at semesters or, if you're a male, the level one group is ladies' night out. Okay? Uh, then we want you to join a volunteer team. But we wouldn't give you a gifts test to allow you to help you discover your gifts. I have so many people that are like, I'm ready to get involved. And I'm like, great, where? And they're like, I don't know. And then I say, oh, great, there's, a, there's 175 opportunities to serve at Emmaus Road. And they're like, never mind. Um, and so... That was a problem. Then we want you to make an impact, get involved in our impact ministry, and then you become a covenant partner. Seven steps that were very, very hard to break into. Again, imagine as as you come as a first-time guest, the newcomer's luncheon isn't for another six weeks. The life group that you want to join doesn't start for another eight weeks. I mean, people would have to hang around for three months before there were those on-ramps into assimilation. And uh, so we're really happy today to announce that this assimilation process is being dramatically simplified into something that we're calling the growth track. The growth track is a four-class process of learning about our church, getting plugged in, and jump-starting the next step of your discipleship. And it's, and it's built this way. It has four classes. In the 101 class, you'll learn all about our ministry structure and uh, what we're all about. So you'll learn about Emmaus Road in the, in the 101. In the 201, we're gonna, you're going to learn the essentials of Christian faith. And this is actually where, you, where we teach through our core values. And so we've said these things are core values to us, scriptural relevance and prayer and worship and, and relationship and all of those things. We're going to take an opportunity to teach through those core values so that they actually become core values in our, in our church. And then in the 301 class, you will be given a spiritual gifts test and a personality test. Really basic. You know, we're not psychologists trying to, you know, look into your lives. We're just saying, take some tests, answer some questions, find out how God has uniquely designed you to give you direction on how you can serve his church. And so we'll do that in the 301 class. And then the 401 class is the launching out point. It's where we go over all the details of, of where you've decided to go and try out and serving in ministry. And so it's, it's really, really cleaned up in terms of assimilation. And our goal at the end is that you have made a meaningful connection, that you have jump-started your spiritual growth, regardless of where you're at in the process, and regardless of how long you've been a Christian, we jump-start your spiritual growth, you discover your gifts, join a life group, and then start serving as a volunteer. Those are the five goals of the growth track. That at the end, you will have done those five things through these four steps. And here's how it'll go. We'll offer the 101 and the 301 on every first Sunday of the month. And then we'll offer the 201 and the 401 every third Sunday of the month. So if you 
take them in order and you take every opportunity, you can become fully assimilated in our church in two months. And so we're offering these a lot more often than the newcomer's lunch and all of these kinds of things. So we're really happy about this structure and uh, where it's going to take us and how new people will really find a place to get involved. Here are our goals for the growth track. We're going to provide lunch. These classes will take place right after Sunday morning service. Our goal is to provide childcare, And then... Classes are going to be 90 minutes each. I was shooting for two hours, but the, the other leadership said 90 minutes, and that's it. So 90 minutes. You can take the classes in any order. Obviously, they make sense in order. But we want people to be able to jump in any time. So if they come on a third Sunday of the month, they can come to the 101. If they come or on the, in the first Sunday of the month, they can come to the 101. If they come on the third Sunday of the month, They can jump in at the 201 and take the course, okay? So they can jump in in any order. Obviously, it makes sense to take them in order, but we don't want them to have to wait until the next 101. All right. We want everyone to go through the growth track because I know that all of you here are like, well, Mace Road is already my home. Why would I go through the growth track? Because the pastor told you to. (laughs) And because many of you are not serving, and would love the opportunity to discover your gifts. Many of you are not connected, and you might meet someone new in the class. And, and many of you um, just are looking for those places to discover your gifts, get involved, join a life group, all of those kinds of things. So we want everyone to go through the growth track at first. And then the goal is as we have new people, the growth track will be there for them to just jump on in. Okay? Is this a cool change or what? We're really, really excited about this. Now, the question is, what happens to Covenant Partners? Well, what we realized is that I was giving the same material at the newcomer's lunch as I was to the Covenant Partners. So if you, if you hit them both, you'd get the same information on the front end and the back end. And so now, Covenant Partners, you're eligible to become a member of our church after you complete the growth track. You just fill out an application, and then, and then you know, you're approved or not approved. Like... You failed the growth track. Take it again. You know, we want to make sure that you're serving and doing certain things before you become a member. uh, But you're eligible to apply after you've completed the four classes. Uh, There are lots of ways for you to help. And you can sign up today uh, if you want to help in any of these ways. We need child care. If we're going to provide it, we need volunteers. And I know that we say that a lot. E-kids, child care. E-kids, child care. Yes, yes, yes. We need child care help for the growth track. And, uh. We would love to have your help there. Potluck lunches, to provide lunch and cater it in all, the, all of these times throughout the year for people will be very, very expensive to help reduce costs. Uh, we want some of you that love to cook just to provide us potluck lunches to serve at these. Uh, we would love to do that. We need a host team to set up the tables and the rooms and everything else. And we're going to launch that in August. In August. So the first Sunday of August will be the first 101 and 301 Sunday. Okay? That is Emmaus Road 3.0. Thanks for listening to the Emmaus Road podcast. We hope this message has been encouraging to you. If you'd like to support the ministry of Emmaus Road, you can do so online. Just visit theroadfc.org and click online giving.